the church is a really unique place. It, uh, it wants to nurture. She wants to equip you. She wants uh, you to um, develop in areas of giftedness that you possess and to give you a place to express those gifts very uh, freely so that you can be part of expressing God's love and to bring God glory. So whether you are an incredible investor or whether you are an accurate accountant, or whether you are a sensational singer or musician, or whether you're a loving parent, an artsy type, a total nerd, or sporty, or physical, God has specially wired each and every one of you for valuable service in the church. I want to read you a letter that I wrote to my church in Ephesus. Here, here it is. Here it is right here. Read this. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking truth in love... We will grow to become, in every respect, mature, the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself in love, as each part does its work. Can you repeat after me, God's love is a gift. Now, have you ever considered that one of the ways that God showed you that God loves you is how God made you in God's own image? God has an appetite for discovery like that of a scientist the intelligence to identify and create and use formulas and patterns like a mathematician, the bewilderment of illusion like the magician, the wonder of creation like an artist, the heart for healing like that of a doctor, the royalty and nobility like that of a king, the reasoning and the hunger for truth of that like a lawyer, and the deep yearning for justice like that of an upright judge, the concern and nurturing like that of a caring mother or father. God loves us so much that God made us all in God's image. God's love is a gift. Can you say that with me? We are each a unique instrument 
God gave each of us a unique voice, a unique frame, a unique sound, a unique place within groups of other instruments in the church for us not to use the gifts of God's love is to rob the church, which is exactly what the forces of evil want. They want us to be mindful of the world alone. Nevertheless, we must be mindful of the things of God. This leads us to an ultimate truth about God's gift of love. God demonstrated love in the fact that God gave us eternal life in Jesus Christ, which means that we who believe live with God forever. So I have some questions now, church. How can you burn out if God made you to last forever? Another way that you might hear that is, are you managing God's gift of love with an eternal mindset? Are you connected or are you cut off? Do you remember what I wrote uh, that Christ himself equips people for work and service together so that there is a unified building up of the body? Connecting to the body in a way that in a way that makes many hands light work. That's important. Have you connected? Or does your connectedness lack any real depth and relationship? Are you physically present but in reality cut off? The vital litmus test here uh, is connected or cut off. There's another one too. Prevent or enable. Are we guilty of overfunctioning? Have you ever said this? I am tired in this ministry area because I have been doing it for years. Or it is my sixth Sunday in a row of collecting and reporting the offering. Or I just wanted to come and worship without any responsibility. Well, let me share something valuable that a friend of mine, a brilliant woman minister, whom I admire very much, told me not too long ago. She said that every time you agree to overfunction, you enable someone else to underfunction. So, what is the worst thing that is going to happen if you do not do something that you are passionate about to begin with? Is someone else going to have to do it? Well, then consider this. That might actually help some of the people who come here and do nothing to a place of unified service that builds the body up. Remember, God's love the way that God made you in God's own image is a gift. God made you to last forever, not to burn out. You may be saying to yourself right now, Paul, you have my number. Some of you might be thinking, yeah, it's time for me to serve in an area that I'm passionate about. And yet others of you are like, yeah, I need to pitch in around here and start doing something. That's okay. The fact... The second thing that the children and I learned together this week in Rome was God's love, it changes us. Can you say that? God's love changes us. 
with God's love, we can be completely and wholly transformed from the inside out. Let me uh, read you another thing that I wrote to the church here. Um, Here it is, to the Romans, church. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Now, you talk a lot about this last week when you talked about making comparisons. From what I can see, the world today is a lot like it was in Rome. It believes that when in Rome, you do as the Romans, right? However, that is terrible advice. It's not terrible because there's anything wrong with Romans. I myself am a Roman. But people who commit to being in a relationship with Jesus Christ have to change. Think of a caterpillar It does not come out of a cocoon acting like a butterfly. That would be silly. Instead, it completely transforms. Its body breaks down and it is reborn into a new creature, a new creation. It is a butterfly. It is completely changed. God's love changes us. Can you repeat that with me again? Now, I have a story to tell you about how God changed me on the road to Damascus. Wow, that seems like such a long time ago. Um, Back then, my name was actually Saul, not Paul. And you know what? I've always loved God my whole entire life. I was raised in a Jewish family. In fact, I became a Pharisee. Now, that's someone who um, works hard to follow each one of God's rules perfectly. Well, pretty much. You know, I hurt followers of Jesus because I thought that they were lying. But one day, God blinded me and When I was walking into the city of Damascus, God stopped and spoke to me. God said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? God sent me to the home of a Christian man who helped me. And soon, God let me see again. And I've never, ever been the same since. My life is completely changed. I'm completely changed. It's not just about uh, what we do or don't do. It's about who we are on the inside, how we make decisions. God's love changes us into new people as we get to know him better and follow his son, Jesus. The closer we follow Jesus, the more God's love changes us. You start to care about what he cares about. You start to treat people the way that he treats them. You begin to love like he loves. That's how God's love changes us. Can you say God's love changes us? Real, meaningful, and effective change sometimes comes at the price of having to face up to our fears and our failures. If we are in a place where we feel burned out, 
as you call it, in your world, then you're going to have to accept that something is wrong, therefore something needs to change. I would like to submit to you today to start by considering the concept of unconditional love. Now, I have heard from many of you who are visiting Rome that it is your custom to celebrate Father's Day. Hey, if you're a father, wave at me. Uh-huh, a lot of you. Now, fathers in Rome were authority figures. When a baby is born there, the midwife comes and lays the infant at the father's feet. And the father chooses to accept or reject the child. Now, I've heard stories that the fathers in some of your families are like that too. This can make the ideal of unconditional love challenging and hard to understand. However, something that the kids and I talked about this week is that God's love is always with us. Can you say that? Now, it can be a real struggle for us to believe that God would love us so completely, so perfectly, even when we're imperfect. But I wrote this to my church in Rome. Here, let me, let me find Here it is. I am convinced that nothing, I am convinced that how much? Nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Now, what usually shocks everyone when I say this is that I mean not even death can separate us from God's powerful love because Jesus' death on the cross, God's love is truly always with us. Now, I've spent a good deal of my time as a Christian chained up. I've spent a good deal of my time that way. And you might look at these chains with sadness and regret. And you might think, isn't he sad that he followed Christ? But the truth is, is I can look at them and I can think, oh, I'm so burned out. Or that this Christ thing, it's so hard. But that's not what I think at all. In fact, what I think is that something else is powerful and strong. Something that I'm very glad for, it's that nothing will ever separate me from God's love in Jesus Christ. That's why these chains don't bother me. In fact, they remind me that God's love is always with me. But you know what? God's love, it's not like a chain. Mm -mm. It's more like a good feeling, assurance, safety, companionship, friendship, happiness, I've written all of these letters to the church, mostly from jail. I've, se I've been separated from my family. I've been separated from my friends. I've even been separated from my churches. But never, not once, not a single time have I ever been separated from the love of God. That makes today... Another happy day, one certainly worth celebrating. Will you help me celebrate it by saying, God's love is always with us? Okay, now I need to get serious with you for just a moment. The people here in Rome, they spend a lot of time worshiping their other gods. And, and the things that they worship, well, they're just things, completely incapable of offering them any care in return. 
the relationship that they have with these idol gods, it, it's seriously just a one-way relationship. But you know what? We can remember that worshiping the one true God is not a one-way relationship, but it's the active two-way relational God who saves us. Now, I wrote something to one of my churches here that, that might help you understand. God showed God's great love for us by sending Jesus Christ to die while we were yet sinners. Now, the guards around here who've been watching me, they sometimes fall asleep. And honestly, It'd be nothing for me reach over and unlock the chains and get away or knock them over the head even. But I don't. I stay. I stay because I know that if I don't, the emperor would surely kill them. So I lay down my life for them in that way. I don't go church shopping. Rather, I stay. I might even die, but they will live you know, that's what Jesus has done for me. That's what he's done for you too. We've all done things, gossiped, hated others, acted out of jealousy, fought, backstabbed, even walked out. So you might ask then, why would God forgive us? The truth is, friends, we've all made mistakes. We've all done things that haven't pleased God. What matters the most is that you Ask for God's forgiveness and that you believe in Jesus. If you aren't sure about Jesus, I want you to talk to me or some other leader here. If you already know Jesus, then I want you to ask him to forgive you. Forgive you for those sins. The weight of them, well, they will burn you out. But the release of them will free you to the truth that God made you to last forever. God's love saves us. Will you say that again? Now, that's really good news, right? Would you normally say it like this? God's love saves us. Would you really say it like that? Or would you put on a happy face and say, God's love saves us? Yes, and because it is such good news, we can all agree that God's love is worth sharing. God's love is worth sharing. Can you say that? God's love is worth sharing. Yes, I can tell that all of you who are visiting Rome today think very highly of yourselves. And my people in Rome were just like that too. Still, others of you have told me how proud you are to live and come from this place called America. Well... When I asked them what was so great, they told me that you stand for freedom and for truth and justice. And the Romans, they thought of themselves highly too. They were incredible builders. They had great health care. And the whole world knew about the empire. And then there's me here <laughs> sitting in this jail, writing letters about a poor carpenter who died a criminal's death. Let me share with you something that I wrote to my church in Rome. Here, here it is. I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. Friends, I believe wholeheartedly in the life-changing message of God's love. I'm not burned out. I'm encouraged and will go to any length to love others into a relationship with Jesus Christ. I have had every reason to wonder if it is worth the effort 
I have had every reason to feel inadequate. I mean, I used to persecute Christians. Who am I to share God's love? I should be embarrassed. I should feel ashamed. Nevertheless, if I hadn't shared it, the church wouldn't be the same. People in your world, others can miss out if you remain silent. So I leave you with this. God's love is worth sharing. Now, you've seen some amazing things here in Rome, right? I mean, they've told me so many things, these children, this week. There was a little boy in the first grade that described God's forgiveness as God giving out second chances. Oh, my goodness. I wish you could have been there when the Holy Spirit fell on that room. There were a group of little itty-bitties that understood our, our sins in terms of biting and scratching and kicking and hmm, not helping someone when they need it. There were cheers of great joy when one of the guards was, that was holding me captive decided to come to follow Jesus. And friends, I believe that heaven is cheering for each and every one of you today. Church, if you want to overcome burnout and live into God's purpose for your life, then accept the gift of God's love and let it change you. Over time, you'll realize that God's love is always with you. When you are convinced that God's love will save you and you can let go of the baggage of your sin, and in gratitude like me, you won't be able to do anything else but share how great God's love is. So as you leave Rome today, will you think about what we talked about and come up with some ways that you can go and share God's love in the world 